Today on the Science and Spirituality Podcast, I had the privilege of interviewing a master numerologist, and her name is Reverend Sue Frederick. So a quick bio for her. Reverend Sue Frederick is an ordained unity minister, a clear audience, and a master numerologist. She channels messages and prayers from the angelic realm and receives wisdom from guides and departed loved ones to help people heal grief and find purpose. She uses sacred numerology and mystical information in her books and teachings. And Reverend Sue Frederick is the author of 11 books, including her newest book, Through a Divine Lens, Practices to Keep Your Quiet to, to Quiet Your Ego and Align with Your Soul. And she also has a book, which we actually get into a bit, is called The, the Sacred Numerology Workbook. And you can find all of her work at suefrederick.com. So our conversation was fascinating. It really felt, this hour felt like it went by like five minutes. Um, she shares her story of how she got into numerology. Um, and she actually did a reading for me in my life path number, which I've known my life path number is one, but to hear her insights into that, and also the challenge that a life path number of one goes through is really, really helpful for me. And I also asked her to share her insights on the different life path numbers, which there are nine, 10, 12 different life path numbers, one through nine. And then there are three apparently um, repeating number life path numbers, 11, 22, and 33. Uh, my brother, Chris, is a life path number 11. So she got to share a bit more of that toward the end, but it was really, really insightful. I highly recommend you go through what we talk about, particularly about getting your own life path number of adding up all the digits of your birthday, month, and year and then get it all down to one single number. And that's your life path number. Or if it's you know, 11, 22 or 33, once you add it all up, that's also your life path number. Um, but she shares an insight on each and every life path number, which I felt really grateful for because um, it didn't seem like we were going to get into it, but I knew that that was something that you might have as a question or be interested in on a episode that deals with numerology. So we got into that a bit, um, but it was really helpful uh, for me. And I know it's gonna be helpful for you. Uh, so enjoy this episode and we'll talk soon. Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carton. And my name is Kevin Carton. And we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy to understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Reverend Sue Frederick. So happy to have you here. Oh, it's a joy to be here. Looking forward to this conversation, which by the way, I don't think you, I didn't share this with you yet, or maybe by email, I'm not sure, but we have not had a, a guest who is a master in numerology yet. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so looking forward to this conversation. I've been interested in this for uh, several years. Uh, I don't even remember exactly when it started, but I'm really looking forward to hearing your insights. Very cool. I can talk about your path whenever you're ready. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, before we talk about my path, I know we're going to talk about that. So I gave you my birthday before we hit record, but I'd love for you to share your story of how you got into sacred numerology to set us up for this conversation. Yeah. So I was a mountain climber in the 70s. I was an outward bound instructor for in Colorado, and I led climbing groups and mountaineering groups. And I was married to a beautiful, sweet mountain climbing man, Paul Frederick, sweetest, most loving man I've ever known. And he loved the mountains and we felt pretty invincible the way you feel in your 20s, you know, especially in the 70s. And, um, and so we we had this great life and loved each other so much. And he had a few stomach problems. And and when he was finally diagnosed, um, they literally gave him two weeks to live. And and he had colon cancer. And so we didn't we did not accept that <laughs> that timeline. And we were determined to cure him. And we did conventional uh, medicine as well as alternative medicine. And we even went to a very powerful Native American healer because Paul was part Cherokee. And we had extraordinary experiences that through the whole year of his dying, I was learning and he was affirming 
that the spirit is more real than the physical world. And so, so many experiences happen in that year to just prepare me for his exit, but also to align him completely with the truth that there is no death. And by the time he crossed, he was just a being of love, a pure light being of love. And his, even the moment that he died, he showed me his spirit leaving his body so that I would have no doubt that he was fine in the spirit world. But I was left with the question that every grieving person is left with, wait a minute, why do beautiful, sweet, loving people suffer? And why do they die young? And why am I still here on earth? Why can't I just go be with him? What is my purpose? I think everybody walking on the planet today has asked those questions. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And so I saw a regular therapist. I didn't, that didn't help me. I have a degree in psychology and I'm not a great fan of mainstream psychology because what I've learned, especially with grief, <clears throat> is that most psychology says, oh, you know, they're gone and you're going to have to be in pain for a long time and then you'll kind of get over it and move on. And I can tell you right now, none of that is true and none of it is helpful. <laughs> and I've worked with grieving clients for 30 years, so I can be very clear on that, how unhelpful that approach is. So the next phase for me was to explore things like numerology, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, theosophy, every spiritual path you could imagine to get the answers to those big questions. And the really first moment that I began to understand why I was still here was when a numerologist start, sat with me in 1980, <clears throat> explained my birth path, my soul agreement with Paul, Paul's path, what our whole journey was about, why I was still here, and the work I had agreed to do moving forward. Only a numerologist could touch that wow. and from that moment on i was hooked and it was mm. 1980 so i have to tell you there was one book in the boulder bookstore on numerology and okay. i bought it and i studied it and i made a huge notebook where everybody i met or interacted with or worked with or dated i would get their date of birth and study ah. like what does that path have to do with their life and how it's unfolding and it was the greatest, um, I would say it's been the greatest tool of my life for finding a deep understanding of our human journeys. And it brought me to many other studies. I'm an ordained unity minister. So it's really carried me along to a deeper understanding of, of humans and why we're here and what happens when we cross and that we each have a sacred mess, a purpose here. Mm. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing your story to begin this whole conversation, because clearly it's a reason why that sparked you on this path. Yeah. My first question I have that after hearing your story, and I think this will help those who maybe not really familiar with numerology and what it is even, um, what, I mean, clearly there was answers for you within numerology. So I'm curious, like what really sparked that deeper belief that, all right, this is real, because I think some people hearing about numerology, oh, it's just numbers. Like, yeah. You know, and, and here we are in the science and spirituality podcast. So we like to right. take an approach of like, there's some proof or some like um, deeper uh, truth to it that yeah. is more than just, oh, I believe in numbers. Yeah. So let me just explain, first of all, that Pythagoras, the guy who started our entire number system that the scientists use today, was actually a spiritual teacher. And when he created the number system, he taught that every number has a quantity and an energy to it. Hmm. He originally taught that. He had a school wow. for enlightenment, okay? And funny how our left brain dominated world, logic world, believes that only the left brain is valid. And they deleted the whole idea that Pythagoras taught a sacred approach to numbers as well as a quantitative approach. That just baffles my mind because I think that science is finally today coming to the awakening <laughs> that it is not a materialistic world, that the logic mind and the linear thinking does not answer every question. And I'll have to share that, you know, the Nobel Prize was awarded this year to a scientist studying the entanglement theory. And what that means is 
that they are acknowledging in the science world now that everything is energy and that we are interactive energetic beings and that consciousness continues way beyond death and it's so beautiful to watch <clears throat> the science world really begin to embrace this because other worlds have embraced it quantum physics has embraced it for a long time and now mainstream science is embracing it that's beautiful to hear i actually didn't know that about the new the nobel prize this year that's incredible yeah, yeah. wow it's going to change everything and yeah. you know anybody who's cynical about like they say oh i can only believe something if i can see touch and feel it right. well the quantum physicists say that's baloney <laughs> right if you can see touch and feel it it's not real <laughs> interesting yeah wow so so let's go further for your story and again like how you approach then sacred yeah. numerology because I, I fully agree um i actually didn't know that about pythagoras but yeah. i also knew i mean that there's uh, a deep history of science and spirituality together it's just right. again like our more modern science has become so much more materialistic and just what we can prove with right. what we've you know our scientific instruments and the current scientific theory or, or approach and like it's i think ridiculous I in a way it but... is ridiculous and you know that's the thing about grief i think grief is our greatest spiritual teacher here mm. because you can believe all of that stuff and then suddenly you lose your partner your child to some unimaginable tragedy <clears throat> and you're sitting there going i feel their presence they mm. they've they appeared to me they told me such and such and I work with these parents all the time who've lost children who believed in the material world, who believed in maybe dogmatic religion or something of a punishing God story and all that stuff. And suddenly they have their beautiful departed children communicating with them and they go, wow, this is a much more complicated world than I know. And so I need to go right. and study that, right? Mm -hmm. That's always the first thing that gets us on our journey of awakening to say, hey, wait, I don't have the answers. I need to go find answers that feel true to me, that I believe that resonate with what I'm experiencing. And right. I really believe that none of us can have an awakening by reading books or listening to what other people say. We have to experience it. And that means we've got to meditate. We've got to quiet the mind. We've got to open the heart and have our own conversations with either God consciousness or departed loved ones. And then we begin to go, wow, this is a great world. I just had no idea. And numerology for me fits into that because when that numerologist sat with me, she had never, she didn't know anything about me, didn't know anything about Paul, but I had given her Paul's birth date and mine. And she said, oh yeah. And he, she really felt into the numbers of those paths. And that's how I do it as well. And she said, oh yeah, Paul was um, a, a spiritual being who was trying to experience the beyond world while he was still in the physical world, very advanced soul. And you two have loved each other <clears throat> for many lives, but you were very stuck in the material world. And so his agreement with you was to take you on the journey of embracing the truth of the spiritual world being more real than this one. And I don't mean spiritual in terms of religious dogma. I mean, in terms of energy yes. and, and consciousness continuing. And so our agreement was the number nine, which is the number of culmination of learning and surrender. And boy, it was an incredible love, love like I've never known. And it was a surrender that we couldn't control it. He wasn't going to live. He wasn't going to stay. And that horrible heartbreak, I had even agreed to. And my path, as she revealed to me in my numerology reading, is the 22-4 master soul journey. And she just looked at me and she said, you're going to be here a long time because you agreed to be a teacher here, like a spiritual teacher. And I was like 30 years old, couldn't pay the rent, right? I had been a mountain climber, rock climber, and I couldn't figure out a way to make a normal living. And I was like, nah, I, I think you're totally wrong about that, you know? Mm. And so, um, but then I began to study, like, what does that 22-4 in my path mean? And 
I walked my journey as we all do <clears throat> to trying to figure out like, what is it that I'm here to understand and help others with? And mm. once we began to ask that question, we really do wake up because this is not a world where it's all about accumulating things and being successful in the material world even though that's what you believe when you get here and that's what you're told when you're in school and then you have a wake-up call and you realize wow no i'm actually here to ask the hard questions and then turn around and help others from my own pain story and what i've learned hmm. well said especially that last part I, I keep i often hear the phrase making your mess your message or uh, your pain into your purpose like or your pain is your fuel you right. know i always tell people your greatest work is offering to the world what you wish had been offered to you in your right. moment of greatest pain hmm. that's powerful <laughs> So, so your path I was about to is, ask. Yeah. <laughs> is the Sagittarius one visionary leader. Mm -hmm. And what I want to say about that is that's a one the one is a path born of self-doubt and struggle to speak your truth, to find your authentic voice, to believe in yourself no matter what the world says about you or to you. That's often a hard childhood one way or another. And then to believe finally in your own, through your own studies and experiences that, wow, I have a different view of life and I'm going to share it with the world and empower other people. You're never here to take a conventional path. You're always here to take that path less traveled and bring people along with you. I'll that also perfectly. <laughs> I'll, I'll also share that you're in a five personal year in 2023 mm. and what that means is it's a year of courage and change and expansion it's like don't look back just keep going where you're going and making it bigger and bolder mm. and in the next four years it's going to keep pushing you up and on the stage so to speak sure and you're supposed to be on that stage, sharing your heartfelt pain, and then sharing what that is supposed to be uh, transformed to, to empower others. Hmm. That aligns perfectly. I'm not surprised either, because I'm, I really deeply believe in numerology. I've so I shared with you before we hit record, but yeah. it's lovely to hear your perspective and in terms of, you know, the numbers that show. Um, but I don't know how much you know about my past story. And honestly, some people who listen or new listeners, so I'll share it. But I went to school, a, a traditional path. I love science, still do, clearly, running this podcast. Um, and it was a traditional path in terms of helping people with science, more modern Western medicine, I would say, uh -huh. in pharmacy. And uh -huh. I went, that was getting going on my to get my doctorate of pharmacy. And after four years of my six-year program, I decided it's not for me. Like, I, I really don't resonate with it. I didn't feel like I agreed with uh, as I got more clear and understanding like what big pharma is about, and especially in you know United States, Western medicine, um, so I just did not want to follow that path. Decided to leave, didn't know what was next, and that's when I got into. I had my own spiritual awakening because everyone was against me, basically, including my parents, saying you should stay. Um, and then I started getting into personal development, reading books that would help me awaken my own mind and expand my heart. Actually, how can I live in my heart, even though I didn't know what I would want to be doing? Um, but I had such a passion for this kind of information that I got working with a mentor, a coach, and I started working for her company. I got a job working for her company, did that for about three, four years, and then I got trained by her as a life coach. And so then, then I started my own business. So then on and on, and that was the last decade of experience. And now I've run my own business and this podcast is growing. So it, it really does align with everything you shared. So let me share a few things about that, you know, break, breaking away from your parental um, expectations is essential for a one path soul like you. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure it was painful, but mm. you've done it correctly. And the other piece is you're so much bigger than a life coach, as I hope you understand. Yes. And 
um, when we break away from, and you know, Paul's death of cancer was my breaking away from anything traditional in, in the conventional medicine world. Right. And I spent 20 years writing. I became a writer in the natural health world. And I was VP of content for big health websites and magazines. And I clearly understand the limitations of Western medicine and pharmacy. And I'm really, I mean, I've, for, gosh, for decades, I've talked about how we have to merge alternative medicine with yes. conventional medicine to come up with the right treatments because we are energy as well as right. physicality, right? Exactly. And so it's a frequency world. And, you know, I've always prayed that people who suffer with a terrible illness find their way to some other alternative means because conventional medicine is very limited in what mm. it has to offer. And I'm so grateful someday you're going to be more of a spokesman for that truth. Mm. I even feel you're going to find like frequency is going to be your niche someday. It's going to be about healing with frequency and all these different things. <clears throat> Excuse me. And on that note, I want to share a personal healing I've had recently because, uh, you know, your listeners, I don't know if they're ready to hear this, but we can actually ask higher beings if it's mm. possible for us to heal something. And we, we can almost like make a rewrite of our life plan contract. And let me just share this for you. Yes. I was, um, when... When my husband and I moved to Arizona, we moved here because my current husband is also facing cancer. And when we got here, he's been going through his own miracle healing. And again, we're blending conventional and alternative medicine for him. But for me, I was suddenly diagnosed when I got here with a heart genetic defect that I'd had all my life and, and didn't know. And the reason it's so funny, I look back on it. I was a mountain climber. Like I climbed 14,000 foot peaks in the seventies and I was always winded and breathless. And do you know, Kevin, I just beat myself up about that. I'd say, oh mm. my God, you got to work out more, Sue. You got to do right. more aerobics. Like your lung capacity is not good. And now I look back and think it is a pure miracle. I survived any of that. <laughs> because I have this defect that my heart doesn't get the blood it needs and all kinds of crazy stuff. And mm. it's developing an aneurysm. So the cardiologists were like, whoa, this aneurysm is, you know, 4.7 centimeters. And we're going to have to measure it constantly because when it's 5.0, you have to have open heart surgery and take it out because it's in my ascending aorta, like a clean exit is what I call it. <laughs> But at some point after the shock of all that diagnosis wore off, I thought, you know what? Yeah, I may be in my early 70s. And yeah, it's true that our bodies start falling apart. But my work is better and better. And I'm helping more and more people. And I love my work so much. And right. my new book and, and all my books. And I'm just constantly inspired. There's no way I'm ready to go. And so in my meditation, I just started saying, look, if there's any way we can rewrite this contract, I would really like to get rid of that aneurysm. And in return, I promise that I will spend every moment of my life in spiritual study and helping others from what I learn and just not worrying what the world thinks of me at all, mm. because that's always been my problem, right? I come from a very left brain practical family of origin, and they still just have no idea what to do with me. I bet. <laughs> and so I had to promise the higher realms, you know, I'm ready to not in any way hide who I am to please others. Mm. And, and I was working with a client on September 28th. It's a very recent experience. And the next day I was scheduled to go get my usual CAT scan with dye to look at the aneurysm and measure it. And that day I'm working with a client and an angel appeared in my bedroom. And I even have photographs of it. It's in my, on my website, suefrederick.com. And for the viewers who can you know, see the screen. Oh, I can't do it. I thought I had it on my screen, but I don't. Sorry. Um, okay. um, for the viewers who can see the screen, well, I can't show it now, but I will show it if you visit my website. It's there. 
um, this angel was vivid and huge and had light emanating from the heart. I mean, it was extraordinary. And I've never, I've worked with spirit and clients for decades and I've never experienced anything like this. And it just made me cry. It kind of broke me open. And I, and my friends would go, what do you think the angel was doing or telling you? And I was like, I don't know. It just made me feel so loved. And the next day, I go to get my CAT scan and they measure it. And then they, nowadays they email you the results before you meet with your cardiologist. And so I got the results and I'm like, how can that be? The aneurysm is shrinking. And I was thinking, huh, it like came down a point, you know, from 4.7 right. to 4.6. <laughs> and I'm thinking that must be a, a mistake. Like, how can right. that happen? And so then the next week I had a scheduled echocardiogram that the doctor always wants these two tests before I go see him and they do the echo. And oh my God, it's 4.3 now. Yes. Amazing. Isn't it? And I'm going to meet with the cardiologist on Monday and I'm going to sit there and go, I want to hear what you have to say about this mm. <laughs> because my heart defect will always be there. You know, my right. aortic valve will never work right. And it's always leaking, but the aneurysm is going away, which means I won't have to have open heart surgery and I get to keep doing my work for as long mm -hmm. as I want. And these kinds of miracles are available to us. And I have to interplay that message with the fact that we also have a life plan here, right? which, which means, you know, if it is your real soul exit point and, and if there's a reason for that, that maybe we don't understand on the physical world, mm. you will still have to take that exit point. Right. right. But if it's, if the, if it's a possible exit point, and I do believe we have a few possible exit points, if it's that, then you can rewrite that contract and you can say, here's what I promise to do if I get mm. to stay. <laughs> right. That's amazing. And also really hopeful because yeah. I think some people listening to, oh, numerology and life path. Oh, like exit plan. Like, oh, that means I have no choice. But like you said, clearly is that there is, um, there's a uh, wiggle room, if you will. There's, yeah, there's a uh, flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I work with grieving parents all the time. And so they'll say, well, why did my child decide then to go? And I think mm. that's the hard question because right. what I've come to understand is, yes, when we start to cross that we are met with our guides and the guides talk to us about if it's our real time to come into the divine or if we have to stay and go back. And I've worked with many near-death experiencers. And I know that once you start leaving the body, you never want to come back here. This is like the hard place to be, right? Right. But what you learn is that the minute you cross or start to leave your body, you know, you're going to see your life so far, you're going to do a soul review, and you're going to go, wow, there's unfinished business there. Mm. And you, you will be shown if it's a possibility to come back, and you'll be shown the reason. And these children who cross early, I believe, are very highly evolved souls, and they never intended to stay long here on earth. They came to break everyone's heart wide open with their exit mm. so that people would begin to wake up to the real truth of life and death. And they, they are a powerful team of teachers in the divine realms, and they are really determined to wake up humanity at this pivotal time. Wow. I fully feel that logically it's like okay i could somewhat get on board but feel it like the, oh, that's so beautiful mm. like i'm thinking even a couple even a couple of my own clients um you mentioned like you work with grieving parents um one of my clients is a a, a mother um who lost her son to death by suicide oh. and just hearing what you just shared is just so powerful to hear that it sounds, and I, there's no way of me saying that that's exactly what happened. I, I'm sure that my client might uh, hear this and agree, but um, it sounds exactly right for what I want. I on. want you to send your client to a nonprofit organization that I think is doing the greatest work on earth. 
Um, it's called helpingparentsheal.org. Okay. This is a, a nonprofit uh, foundation that is created by a mom who lost two children. Mm-hmm. And she decided her child came and hugged her after he had been announced mm. dead. And she w- just really woke up to the truth that there is no death and that there, our spirits continually have relationship with our departed. Right. And um, she started this nonprofit with the idea that grieving parents can come and watch free videos, have free group discussions, free pr- you know, listeners to help them mm. and start exploring this idea that their children are not just gone mm. and that there is a different way to look at this. This organization, this nonprofit, HelpingParentsHeal.org, has 27,000 parents around the world. And if you go to their website, you'll f- find countless resources to help you if you are a grieving parent. Mm. And I I get to be a part of it. I get to, I know the people who founded it. They're the most high vibrational angelic beings Mm. and they have conferences, they have books. So anybody who's lost a child needs to go to helpingparentsheal.org and begin that journey of exploring what it really means instead of what the traditional world is gonna tell you it means. Right. Thank you for sharing that resource. So Sue, I want to um, redirect, come back to the topic of numerology. Yeah. Because I, I know that there are some people that are listening who may have some questions of like, all right, like, let's talk more about like, well, what do numbers mean? And like, how do I find my life path number? Of, yeah. of course, like working with someone like your, yourself, <laughs> that's an answer. But um, what else? Like, what else do you usually share in terms of numerology? Yeah. So um There's so much to talk about with numerology. (laughs) And one thing I'll say is that uh, a way to start is just to be simple with it. You add up the digits of your birth date, every one of the digits, day, month, and year, and then you come up with a single digit number. But that's only half of the story from how Mm. I do it. But I want to tell the listeners that I have a workbook on Amazon that's only $5. It's called Sacred Numerology. And it does show you how to do this. Excellent. Yes, good. <laughs> and so anybody can go there and calculate their birth path, their personal years, their soul agreements with others. And I have a course on my website. It's an online course in sacred numerology. It's a video course. So you can go and just take it at your own time. And also on my website, suefrederick.com, you'll see I'm always offering classes. Most of them are on Zoom, so you can join from anywhere. And I'll be teaching numerology again in January when we hit the new calendar year Mm. and talking about how that will influence all of us. And I am teaching all the time. So anybody who wants to jump in, there are so many classes and events on my website, suefrederick.com. But to, to help a listener... Every number, um, and if we keep it simple, one through nine, each has a different purpose, a different vibration. And so your soul, we were all hanging out in the divine realms. We were all knowing, all loving beings, part of the higher consciousness of the divine. And we said, boy, you know, they need help down there on earth. Who's willing to jump into that earth realm and help humanity evolve? And we raised our hands, Kevin, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But before we came in, our guides said, well, what what do you want to learn while you're there? And how do you want to most help others? And so we each picked, our souls picked a path that was going to be perfect for us, for pushing us to grow and evolve here, and then providing gifts that we would then turn around and offer as our work in the world. And it was all figured out in the divine. And those of us who picked master soul paths, like the 11, the 22, the 33, we said, hey, I really want to grow fast and I want to accomplish a lot. And our guides said, oh gosh, you're really signing up for an intense journey down there. Are you sure you want to do it? And we went, oh yeah, no problem. Because when you're in the divine realms, like you don't have pain, you don't have suffering. And I remember right before I jumped into this lifetime, my guide was saying, 
are you sure you want to do this life? And I was like, yeah. And they said to me, your courageous heart will lead you through the stuff you've agreed to experience. Keep trusting your courageous heart. And those words have resonated every moment when I felt like giving up. I've lost so many loved ones at a young age that you just wouldn't even believe it's true. I mean, every like for, it, all during my 30s, I lost the people most important to me in the world. And so at each of those moments, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to mm -hmm. be here anymore. <laughs> and then this courageous heart idea would just start coming to me and I'd go, all right, you know, <laughs> and, and even when Jean was diagnosed with cancer, you know, two years, five years ago, I was like, oh my God, again, didn't I already learn from this, you know? And, and then my courageous heart thing was like, all right, there's still another level of learning here for you. Keep going. And when we all follow our courageous heart, no matter what we're facing, that's when we can really expand and become our greatest gift for the world, mm -hmm. not in an ego way, but in helping others wake up to their divinity, to their higher self, to their great purpose here. Right. It's beautiful. So what is, you mentioned like numbers one through nine, and I know obviously like your book, your workbook, like highly recommend and encourage anyone. All right, to let me do it really site. quickly. I know. Yeah, you just even like a quick insight. So I'm going to try to get it condensed into a one minute thing. Sure. So if you're on the one path, you've come to be a visionary and a leader and overcome self-doubt, and it's going to be a unique path for you that'll be scary and terrifying because you're going to have to break the rules to take it. And you'll have self-doubt all along the way. My favorite one path soul was Martin Luther King Jr., who came in in the South as a black man who was, you know, self-doubt. <laughs> Grow up in the South in the 40s and 50s as a black man, and you'll see what self-doubt really is about. And then he kept saying, no, there's a different vision. No, there's a higher way to view this. And he had the ultimate spiritual message of, it's not the color of our skin that matters. It's what's in our heart. And that to me is the ultimate spiritual truth. So he was a visionary. And of course, the world wasn't even ready, beginning to be ready for his message. And he stayed, he did not stay here long, but I believe his words and his teachings continue to shift humanity. That's the one path. And then we have the two, which is all about connection with others, healing others, being in relationship with others. If you're on the two, it means you have a great ability to merge with another person, to talk to them, to help them, to heal them. And then your challenge is that you can lose yourself in other people. Also, the two, when they're in pain, can get focused on the details of the mundane world. They'll be very good at it, like they'll be great computer programmers, but but they're being called to look at it in a higher way. If you're on the three path, it means you agreed to come in as a very creative, self-expressive, unique person. These are the people who dress creatively, who they walk in a room and you go, oh, wow, you brought the color today. And they're usually in some kind of artist if they're following their path. If they're off path, it means that they're just in their head thinking, 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 and not allowing that true self-expression to be how they show up in the world. And there will be a reinvention point that sort of helps them do that. But opening the heart is really important for a three path. If you're on the four, it means you came to learn strength, inner and outer strength. And if you look at my life, I came to learn inner strength by walking through so much grief and loss at a young age. And I came to learn outer strength. I mean, in the 70s, if you had seen me, I was like a 98 pound girl carrying a 70 pound pack in the mountains, climbing and leading groups. I had no business being there. You know, I was surrounded by these powerful men who climbed Everest, but I was so determined and willful and stubborn that I did it, you know, and that's the four, the four, the stubbornness of the four can be your own worst enemy sometimes, <laughs> but it can also fuel you to keep going no matter what comes your way. Then if you're on the five, 
I have to say, I love five path souls and we all have certain paths that we just adore. Like if a five path walks in the room, I'm in love because they just have this charisma, this open hearted fearlessness. They're usually quite beautiful. They're just incredible souls. And they usually are here to help the world accept an idea that the world isn't ready to accept, but their charisma, their beauty, their courage shine such a light that people are just drawn to them. And my favorite example is Elizabeth Boisson, my friend here in Arizona, who started HelpingParentsHeal.org. She is the most beautiful physical human being I've ever met and so courageous. And every path has a downside. And the five, if they're not living a journey like Elizabeth Boisson, the five can be um, drawn to addiction, perhaps overindulgence in the physical. It's like the opposite of physical charisma and light is indulging in physical indulgences such as alcohol or drugs. But you learn either way, whichever way you walk your path, you're still learning. And I've come to realize there's no judgment. I mean, you could cross over as many of my five path friends who I've loved dearly have crossed over in addiction and yet when they get there they realize their soul understands that they still were learning what they came to learn so we mm. can't judge another person's life by how it looks on the outside and then if you're a six path you come in with great healing gifts you're very aware of other people's needs you you just feel so drawn to help the family the community the world you might be a politician right you might be a therapist or a doctor you just really are drawn to make a difference as a healer of some kind and the downside is you're so in tune with other people's needs that you can lose your own center lose your own idea of who you are so it's very important to do centering meditation and get back to you if you're on that six path if you're on the seven it means you came in with quite an intellect and yet you're not meant to live in that you're meant to observe this life and bring spiritual wisdom and intuition to this world when you're ready and if you're not ready you're in spiritual crisis because the seven path goes through life going why is this happening why is that happening and if they don't start looking at the spiritual world for answers they can get very negative and very cynical Deepak Chopra is my favorite seven path because he's so brilliant he's an MD and then he teaches spiritual wisdom. He was the first person in our culture to talk about quantum physics. That is so seven path. And he was bringing us to it, spiritual awakening through science. That's very seven. And then if you're on the eight path, it means you came to own your power here physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, in every way. So every question on the table for you as an eight path is, if I make this choice, am I stepping up to my power? And am I not abusing others with my power? Am I learning to walk that balance of owning my power and empowering others? That's a tricky balance, but you can't hide from money and business on the eight path. It's going to be torturing you until you learn to start your own business and become your own version of an entrepreneur. That's the eight path. The nine is an ultimate journey. It's a final lifetime, you can say, where you've come in to face some hard lessons here, losses and disappointments, because your soul has gathered so much learning that you're ready to pass the test, so to speak, of human life by always stepping into compassion, gratitude, no matter what comes your way. And you are deeply called to make a difference in the world. That's the nine path journey. And then quickly, there are three master soul journeys here, the 11, the 22, and the 33. And the 11 is deeply sensitive, deeply intuitive. They can get very beat up by the world, or they can step into their intuition and spirituality and really use it and own it to take their own alternative path as an artist or healer. If you're on the 22 like me, 
you're going to be incredibly stubborn and incredibly strong <laughs> and you're going to keep going no matter what like the energizer bunny but you have to start opening up to higher ideas and really lifting out of your mundane perspective and embracing them and once you do Oprah is an example of a 22 when you think about her starting as a mainstream journalist and then becoming who she is today that's a great arc of learning as a 22 and then if you're on the 33 oh my gosh you are an angelic soul and you may really struggle to be here on earth many 33 souls have an early exit because they're so high vibrational so talented so in touch with the divine that they struggle to stay here on earth and i've worked with many grieving parents whose children were on the 33 and and yet their brief time on earth can be transformational for the world if they're not afraid to show who they are and what they've learned but they're not here to be normal or conventional and i guess i'd say that to everybody no matter your path you're not here to fit in you're not here to follow the rules you're not here to be normal and conventional you're here to break it all wide open you're here to follow your authentic voice your authentic path and the numbers can just help you fine tune that and all my books can help you with it as well I see your dream job I see your soulmate bridges to heaven through a divine lens sacred numerology I got so many books on Amazon you can go and read to help resonate with what your path is telling you and what your soul is telling you hmm. well Sue that was incredible first and foremost and thank you that was such a gift to really to give um for giving us that you know very you know albeit quick but still comprehensive at least of each of those life paths that's really incredible and i thought of my brother because um he's an 11 oh. he's an 11 path <clears throat> and so yeah and I, I think honestly the reason why he's not here recording with us today is taking a break from honestly what he's been going through and so when you mentioned sensitive like spot on like but also i know like the incredible power he has so tell your brother uh, that I'm sending him so much love and that he has mm. to understand he's an angel being he's not of the earth and so mm. quit trying to be of the earth and yes. to just really change his life and his work for the higher vibration of the 11 mm. and if he reads any of my books it's going to help him understand his 11 path yes um and if he wants to take any of my classes I'd love to introduce him to my posse of people who all talk about their paths and their journeys and tell him to keep going, tell mm. him that the world needs him and the world mm. needs his message. Beautiful. Thank you. I will. I'll have him listen to this so he can hear your own words and your own energy about that. So thank you. And you, you've been mentioning your books. I believe you have 11 books. Oh so, gosh, I've been writing since I could walk practically. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, because I know you mentioned um, you have a new book. I'd love to hear your insights and what you love to share about your newest book there it is through a divine through, lens through a divine lens well i keep thinking oh this will be my final book i've put everything i know in this one and then after that one comes out i'm already having the other one come through to me but through a divine lens really encapsulates everything you and i are talking about it even includes the numerology it includes soul regression sessions that i take people on to visit a past lifetime and then it includes all this kind of spiritual wisdom about waking up to our journey so it's got the whole picture in it and it's available on amazon or you can go to my website suefrederick.com but through a divine lens would be a great place to start but if mm. you're really focused on career my first book you know or it wasn't my first actually but <laughs> the one that came out that had a big public uh, response was called i see your dream job and it's still available on amazon and it does explain to a certain extent how to merge your path number with your career but i will say mm. that i've gotten better at explaining that over the years that book came out like 20 years ago so even your brother i would urge your brother to go and read my newest book through a divine lens okay. because that more fully really explains what it's like to be an 11 path master soul mm. so. thank you appreciate that i'll definitely let him know mm -hmm. so i know we're uh coming close to the end of our time together 
I'm curious. So the one other question I know is probably burning on people's minds and I would love to hear your insight. Repeating numbers. I know many people call them angel numbers, no matter yeah. what they are, like the 1111 is the most common, but um, I'd love to hear your quick insight of like what that means. Well, and, yeah, yeah, this is a divine order universe. And I know when you look at it today and you see all the trouble and conflict that's going on, it's hard to believe there's any divine order in it. But see this vision behind me, I had this vision and it inspired this new book through a divine lens. I had an out-of-body experience. I was really sick and I was shown planet Earth from a distance and they showed me, the angels and the guides showed me that the light is always winning no matter how thing, how dark things can look when we're in the details of physical life. And they told me things are going to get really hard on Earth in the next few years as they are now. And they said, but you have to trust that the light is always winning and the love is always winning. And so when we shift into seeing it that way in the bigger way, we suddenly feel like we can move through it and we understand it in a different way. Oh my gosh, I forgot the original point. What was your original question? Yeah, there? <laughs> I think you're spot on, like the, the repeating numbers, ah, maybe a signs to so help the remind signs us. that come to help us remember, wait a minute, 11 is like, if that shows up everywhere, you're being shown wait, there's angelic beings helping you right now. Embrace it, feel it, know it. You know, these repeating numbers are way of spirit just going, hey, there's more going on here than you think. If you're just right. looking at the physical world, wake up and see it this way. Understand yes. that the light is always winning. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. Because I, I think many people who really do pay attention to repeating numbers believe that. But it's also obviously really helpful to hear that from a numerologist who <laughs> studies this, makes this her life work. So, you know, it's different than hearing or reading it like on a on a an Instagram post or a social right. media post versus like someone who's had decades of experience with this. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. So, I I wish we had way more time because honestly, any of the points that you brought up, I feel like we could have an entire hour for. <laughs> um, but any final message you want to share? Uh, of course, you've been oh. mentioning where people can find you, but any yeah. final message? I just want to tell people, yes, this is a very hard time on earth and I understand your pain and your struggle. And I know that many of you are even wondering if you can continue in your life journey. And I just want you to know that you are being loved on by spirit. You are being loved on by the angelic realm, that your life plan was already created to help you, to help you evolve. Just trust that this universe is going to show you a way through it and that all you have to do is keep opening your heart, trusting your courageous heart and knowing that it's an all good, all God universe and you are part of that all God flow of consciousness. You are so much greater than a physical being. You are so much greater than your circumstances. Open your heart and move forward. Hmm. Thank you. Beautiful way of ending this. So thank you so much, Sue. Thank this you. conversation was a blessing and I know it's going to be blessing many, many people as they listen to it. So thank you. Thank you so much. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.